Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The Natural Hat Trick with Luke Lipinski, Craig Morgan, and Jamie Eisner. Welcome to episode 236 of the Natural Hattrick Podcast alongside Craig Morgan. The Natty Hattie. Jamie What's up? I'm Luke Pensky. Gentlemen, how was your break? It's good, actually. Yeah, it was good. Craig was on uh, vacation, was it? Up north for a few days, okay. up to Greer. Oh. When you say up north, I think Winnipeg, not, not <laughs> no, up north? No, no. That's, that's very north. I got up to the snow for my daughter's birthday. Did that's some sledding. Cool. Watched some sled dog races. Had a snowball fight. With, Lost. With just random people? No. Or? We had three girls, oh. so it was adults against. You're going to lose that every time. Yeah, we lost. Um, what are we doing for your birthday on this show today? Uh, nothing. Okay. <laughs> That'd be my preference. We're, we're enjoying the drinks and donuts yeah, that somebody brought provided to us by the birthday board. Coffee and donuts. So that was yeah. happy birthday to us. Yes. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Uh, all right. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, no, anytime. Nice of you. Um, hey, anytime. Like, we'll do this again. Like, we're, you know, to we'll go fair, out of our way to make sure we eat the donuts and drink the yeah, coffee. Yeah, I hope it's your birthday every week. Jamie did text you a happy birthday to country music singer Craig Morgan. and uh, He did, but I'm not going to sing. No. I've decided I don't feel like singing after watching the Coyotes last night. That really took all the uh, the song out of out of our lives for a little bit, it felt like. Let's, uh, let's start with uh, reviews and ratings. First of all, you should always rate and review the show if you haven't. Yes, At least please. rate, please. Yes, we're up to 100, 100 ratings now. 100,000, is it? Yeah. Most ratings ever? Mm. Yep, mm-hmm. the most ratings of all time. Nobody uh, has yes, this but, many ratings. But please rate. We uh, have the best ratings. Uh, three new reviews to read today. This well, one's from Yotes Girl. One Refreshing of these is combination of humor and concise analysis. The trio will poke fun at both themselves and others, mostly others. Craig is true. No, I, I added that part. That's my parenthetical. Uh, Craig is truly a consummate professional, and as and as a longtime Coyotes fan, I appreciate his unbiased insight. Wow, that's just great insight. Wow, that's, that's very nice. That's, that's, you can just stop right there. We should probably stop letting Jamie read these since he just adds his own commentary in the middle of them. Uh, this one's from Neely four seven seven eight. Best of Phoenix. This is one of my. This is my second favorite one. Uh, Best of Phoenix winner and super host Luke Lipinski, like amazing beat writer at the Athletic Craig Morgan and human pinata slash abs hater Jamie Eisner, <laughs> take a weekly spin around the hockey pond talking Coyotes, uh, the full NHL, banana carriers, donut balls, and stuffed ducks. Like listening to your buddies debate hockey, but better. And with more cowbell, human pinata, and work donut balls in there. I, I, I mean, to be fair, that's speaking that's, of cowbell. That's pretty fair. And this one is from Polite Internet. This is this is what I'm gonna. This is well, I'm 133 and one third percent sure this is my favorite one. Wait, Polite you, Internet? 
Yes. There is no such, such thing. Such a thing exists. And you guys have no idea what this is a reference to, but I do. So I haven't heard great. it yet. You, you know, know they say all podcasts are created equal, but when you look at Jamie, you look at Luke, and you look at Craig, then you look at other podcasts, you usually see that that statement is not true. That's a Scott Steiner reference for those of you out there. There's a Scott Steiner map. I will show you the video after this. I thought Jamie's voice just changed. Yeah, mm. I'll show you the video. Uh, the pod- this podcast is always highly informative, unbiased, and 100% honest about how people from Coal Harbor sound, which is true. That's accurate. I'm from Cole Harbor. It's the hard. It's hard to believe that they can make a podcast this entertaining about a sport that defaults to lockouts during labor negotiations and has a vocal minority of rural fans that actively wish for relocation of teams they don't like. They answer <laughs> listener questions politely, no matter how daft. If you want to learn more about hockey, donut balls, another donut balls reference, yes, or like sewer this. fights, you will not find a better source. That's three outstanding reviews. Thank you very Those are much. Great reviews. Yes, thank you. I, we've gotten to the point now where the reviews are clearly better than the show itself. I mean, I yeah, it's not a high debatable. bar to clear. Actually, but... I think we crossed that threshold a long time ago. Yeah, but... that's yeah. true. But now, now they're just running up the score on us. <laughs> Maybe we should read those at the end of the show so we don't look. Yeah, we have a lot afterwards. to live up to now. Um, Do let's... appreciate the Scott Steiner reference. I will show you guys that video, the Scott Steiner math video. It's, it's the greatest wrestling promo of all time. I appreciate Jamie being called a human pinata. It's true, um, mm-hmm. and also the Abs are I don't know the second best team in the Western Conference now again. I mean, you win three games, you shoot all the way up the standings at this point. It's true. Uh, do we want to do anything on the All-Star game before we move forward? Because I don't want to go we? back to the All-Star uh, game. I don't care. Uh, I just... <laughs> I, I literally could not possibly care less. Do you guys watch any of the events? No, I didn't watch a second of it. No, do you ever watch any? Like, the fastest yeah, skater. I, I love the, the fastest past, skater. Yeah. I was in Greer. Oh, well, they didn't have it on for yeah. some reason. If I Greer literally have nothing better to do. I was like my on eyes vacation. Close pinned open. And maybe I have a problem. I snuck away and watched the fastest skater and the hardest shot. On vacation. That's the equivalent to Floyd Mayweather like putting a million dollars on NFL preseason games. Like you just you, you have to talk to somebody about this. Hardest shot was great though because all of a sudden it looked like Pedersen might win and then it looked like John Carlson might win and then Shea Weber just steps up and casually yeah. like 105.6 miles per hour. I'd rather watch paint dry. Al McKinnis though over 100 miles per hour. Yeah, that was that could That's not crazy. have been more yeah. gimmicked. I, I don't buy that at all. He was using a stick that was like carved out of a tree. From earlier in the day, it's like the natural, it's, right? Yeah, it's usually what wood sticks are made of. Yes, I don't, know. I don't know where you think they get the wood from. He but. carved it himself oh, on the ice. Okay. I just want listeners to know that the hostility started building up before we ever arrived here. It started on text message. I would say it started about 237 episodes. Yeah, I was about to say. I think when Luke That's Lipinski right. walked into the old fan rag offices <laughs> way back like, in the this? day. Um, we yelled about Steven Stamkos for 30 minutes. I think that's when this all started. Yeah, and we haven't really heard much from Steven Stamkos <laughs> since, even though he had almost 100 points last year. All right, well then let's um, <laughs> let's start with uh, which teams. I should note, I did oh, the, uh, the notes good this, this, this week for, for Craig for <laughs> yes. his birthday. Yeah, thank you for that birthday well, And I did nothing. Jamie got me nothing. Jamie just uh, tried not to talk to either I, one I'm of us. I'm gracing like, you with my presence. Oh, he didn't insult me on text message. He only insulted you today. He kind so. of did. I don't know. Every no, time he sends it. Oh, you mean today? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Yeah, yesterday. I mean, the, we're not talking about the history, but like <laughs> okay. just today. Which teams most desperately need a strong start out of the break? The hmm. Arizona Coyotes. So how, what happened with that? Is that a good start? Um, no. Uh, oh, okay. Ramana, Ramana, Ramana. Pretty much everybody in the Pacific is the answer to this question, but. Well, I would say the Coyotes, the Jets. And the Leafs, those are three teams that jumped off the paper to me. And the Leafs have gotten it. They've already played twice, and they've won both games. Um, I mean, I still think it's funny when people are like, ooh, the Leafs might miss the playoffs. I'm still picking Toronto and Vegas in the Stanley Cup. I'm not going to shy away from that. Okay. I'll shy uh, away from Toronto in the Cup, but they're going to make the playoffs. They're it's definitely what, a playoff I love. I, I love what Columbus is doing, but no. 
Well, I mean, Columbus and Toronto can both make it. I mean, they could. Philadelphia, I don't think, is a playoff team. No, but I think Carolina will will sneak in. Um, Got Mr. Game 7, so they have to get That's true, but they have to get to a Game 7. Are Mr. Game 7s, are those guys, like, are they good at Game 7 of the regular season, too? Is it like every 7? Is it like Game 7, 17? Somebody should look at that. 27? Multiples of 7, Justin Williams has been unbelievable. (laughs) I'd read that story. You should write it. Um, so the Coyotes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. In their past five road games, they're zero and five and have been outscored twenty-one to six. Is that bad? So that's going well for the team that used to be a good road team. Yeah, and now they're, and now they're just getting obliterated on the road. And now they get obliterated last night, but they they're not playing well defensively, and that's their identity. And they're now twenty-six and twenty-six this year. Yep. Five hundred at home, five hundred on the road, five hundred overall. It's, Too much talent um, for that. Well, well in fair, theory, twenty six, one and five. Well, I mean, not to I know, confuse but they've, people. They've, yes, they've lost they've half won their twenty six out of fifty, and they've yeah, won but, half their games. But other teams have overtime losses that don't count as regulation sure, losses. But uh, the but strange, well, there's a lot of strange things going on right now. But one of them is what you just said. They've completely flipped on the road and at home. They're four zero and one in their last five. But for most of the season, they were what the second best team in the NHL. Yeah, the behind road. the caps. Yeah. Yeah. And just sort of mediocre at home. And we'll see. They've got now, what, three in a row, four in a row here at home. If they keep winning on home ice, they'll be okay. They're still okay. Like, if you start right now and you say you're... you got 30 games left in the season, yeah. so there's a lot of time. So It's just the way they're getting here lately. I was it's disturbed concerning. mostly by the fact that they, were, they just didn't tighten anything up defensively yesterday. And you can say, well, they're coming off a 10-day rest. Okay. Fine, you might be a little, your timing might be off, things like that, but sloppy play, just bad bad decisions with the puck, I don't get that, especially because they had three days of practice. I don't get that. I mean, and it starts with Alex Golagoski trying a cross-ice pass in the neutral zone. This is a veteran defenseman making just a, a really bad decision that led to a goal. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it helps. And we've seen this now twice this season for the Coyotes, where they have, coming out of a break, played a team that played the night before or two nights before. I, I do think there is an advantage to the team that gets a game under their belt and goes out there and plays first. Mm-hmm. Anaheim just lost to San Jose on Monday, but they at least had played. But, you know, there's 30 games left. You're trying to make the playoffs or potentially win the Pacific Division. Rick Tockett has said this numerous times. There's no excuses at this point. Well, and no. look, that still needs to be... I understand there may be a rest disadvantage, but you're still hosting one of the worst teams in the NHL and the second worst team in the conference, the lowest scoring team in the conference, at home. If you're going to be a team that does any damage, makes the playoffs, and maybe does anything from there, those are games you have to win. Well, that, that game was at Anaheim, but they're home tonight against LA. Yeah, but, sorry, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but against Anaheim, but still, like, those are games you have to win. You're a significantly better team. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. You, and you, you know, you talked about fatigue being a factor, how guys were just mentally tired. You just had 10 days away, you know, 10 days where you didn't play a game. Yeah, you practiced a few days, but you had a good rest. And then you come out and play a, just a sloppy game and not just sloppy, bad decision making again. Where, why, did you not get the mental rest that you needed in that long time to, to clean up some of those problems? See, I would think it was more rust than fatigue. If they're fatigued, yeah. then then they're in trouble. I would I would expect a much better effort tonight against the Kings. They have to have it. Yeah, and that's the thing. You got to see the response tonight. And we've seen this from them, you know, but but this is three three-game losing streaks in their past 14 games. You can say, well, they haven't had a lot of long losing streaks. Okay, but they've had a bunch recently and they yeah. haven't had any long winning streaks either. They've basically been a 500 team, an average team. Yeah, it's, you know, like I was saying, you can if you if you told Coyotes fans with 30 games left in the season, you're going to be five points out of first, and you're in a playoff spot. 
go. I think they would take it. But it's the fact that you are 1-5-1 and one in your last seven games. You had a nice four-game winning streak before there in which you beat St. Louis and Florida. I mean, two pretty good teams and Philadelphia. But it's gotten to the point, and, and last night's game is frustrating, but the one that still stands out to me, and maybe I should throw this one away because it was heading into the break, was that game against Edmonton on January 18th where that game looked like it was done three minutes in. Yeah, And I guess it basically was. So... You know, big picture, they're still fine if they start winning, but the elephant in the room is the schedule in February is ridiculous. So you need to beat the Anaheims and the LAs. Otherwise, you're going to have to go into Toronto and beat the Leafs and beat Tampa and beat Washington. And that's what we talked about before the break about these these two games against the California teams where you got to get win and a win. And now you can't do that. You can't get four points out of these, but maybe you get two. But look, we haven't seen this Coyotes team win meaningful games yet because they haven't been put in that scenario. All right, well, Rick Tockett does have. Uh, experience with meaningful games, either as a player or as an assistant with the Penguins, where they won a couple cups. And um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how how they respond to him, which I think they've done pretty well for his time here, and how he responds. Last night he was he was uh, he was a little frustrated with the power play when they asked him about it afterwards. He basically said, "I don't want to talk about it. You can ask them about the power play." So the power play is the the clear reason they lost to Anaheim, and maybe that is just one game or one thing coming out of the break, but that's gotta be even if you're not going to score on the power play the other team can't score right it's yeah <laughs> and that's that was brutal that was that was a hard sequence to watch because they had just gotten themselves back in the game with the Lawson Kraus goal and then you have a miscommunication between Auntie Ranta and OEL where OEL skating past him basically backpedaling and Ranta gives him a very soft pass that he had to reach out to grab and somebody intercepts it yeah, <laughs> it just it just can't happen. You yeah. can't have things like that, and it and it's crazy. You know all the stuff that we're talking about. By and large, we're talking about mistakes by veteran players. The Goligoski mistake, that mistake. When you looked at the, uh, they they scored on, off a three on two, and Jacob Trickman left his man alone in front. But that play started by Michael Grabner losing a battle along the wall, where it looked like he was trying to drop pass to someone. Instead, he gave it right to the Anaheim player to start the three on two. Yeah. You know my feelings on the Ducks, and, and what I said before the year they were going to finish with like 81 points. They're not. They're not going to quite get there. But to me, they are just the – record-wise, I know they're below average, but to me, they're just a league average team. If you play well, you'll beat them. If you play poorly, you'll lose to them. Like, there are teams, if you play poorly against Detroit, you're still going to beat them. Detroit is terrible. Anaheim is almost just an indicator of how you're playing. And I thought last night the Ducks did what they do. They they If you make mistakes, they will beat you. If you play a clean game, you're going to beat them, and the Coyotes – I guess that's a long way of saying that the Coyotes essentially beat themselves last night. Mm. So we'll see. It's 30 games left. If they go out there and beat L.A. tonight, you know, you get your you control your own destiny, obviously, at this point, which is all you could ask for at the start of the year. And Darcy Kemper is coming back, I would guess, within the next two games. Guessing. Yeah. Um, You hope he's back by this weekend against the Blackhawks. Yeah. (laughs) That's a nice way to come back. Hey, you get to face the Blackhawks. But who are playing pretty well lately. They are. Um, all right, around the uh, the league, well, what point do we uh, start taking Vancouver seriously? As what? Um, as because, a playoff. Just because like, I, th- I think we we have been talking about them as a playoff team for a little bit now, and there's just, but there's just a cap to how much I take any of these Pacific Division teams seriously beyond just somebody has to come out of the division. Like, could they win the Pacific? They're in first right now. Sure, sure, they could win the Pacific. Pr- I think every one of these teams has flaws. And strengths, <laughs> uh, and right now their yeah. their top line is really good. They're getting good goaltending. So, and their their special teams have been pretty good. So, and they've been great at home. I mean, are they the favorites right now? 
I, I still think Vegas is the best team, but I mean, at a certain point, you need to win the games too. Yeah, um, and we're we're at that point. I mean, now now it's we're turning into February. All the on paper, this happened or that happened or this team should be the better than this team. None of it matters starting now. Like it's <laughs> what you actually do on the ice matters from February on. So Vancouver has the lead, and they have games in hand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to win those games in hand, and we sometimes we make too much of that, but they've they've done that so far. And, and again, their their special teams have been good. They've got some ingredients. I still think that they're thin up front. I don't think there's a, a great margin for error, but they have some ingredients that could be enough to win this division. That Calgary-Edmonton matchup last night that is going to be renewed on Saturday. Please let it be the first round. Yeah, I don't care what what spots they're in. I don't care if one wins the division and the other one's the second wild card. I guess they'd have to be the first wild card mm-hmm. to play the, the Pacific yeah. Division winner. Whatever. I want to see Calgary and Edmonton in the first round in the playoffs. Yep. I think somebody will get arrested on the ice, but I still want to see it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm actually more and more intrigued by this than I was a, cu- a couple weeks ago. I was surprised just, you weren't a couple keeps, weeks ago. Well, because, I mean, look, there's I, I want to see the top talent of Edmonton in there, but like Calgary specifically, until this Kachuk-Cassian stuff really started to heat up, now it's exciting again. Yeah. Did you see the Giordano play? Yeah. Where he stuck out his leg on McDavid, and McDavid was angry. He was well, breaking a stick on the bench, and yeah. I, I agreed with him. That was that's a dangerous play. That is a dangerous play. That game was ugly, and I had it on on a background TV in the studio because it was going on during the Coyotes game. So I, I happened to look up when Nugent Hopkins and Monahan were fighting, which was surprising in itself. <laughs> and then Cassian and Kachuk get into the fight that you knew was coming, even though like all of NHL player safety was in attendance of that game. And again, they play in a couple days again. But um, I didn't see the hit on McDavid initially. I just saw McDavid's reaction, and I don't think I've ever seen McDavid react like that. So that was when I had to go back and, and see the hit. Um, I, to me, the perfect matchups are from the Pacific are Coyotes, Vegas, Edmonton, Calgary. But Vancouver, I think, is getting in the way they're playing, and the fact that they have Pedersen, Besser. So we'll see. What about other uh, realistic first round playoff matchups you want to see in the Central Division? I I don't know who I want to see Colorado play because I, I want an exciting series out of that. And Colorado talk- Chicago would be fun. Oh my gosh. Oof. Yeah, what you're saying, the Blackhawks get in, that means somebody from the Pacific is not getting in. Well, that, <laughs> And I, I also don't want to see the Blackhawks in the playoffs or because I just Dallas think it's fool's gold. <laughs> yeah, because Dallas is not exciting to me. St. Louis, sorry, they're, they're not exciting to me either. So it's almost like yeah, that, that would be the best first-round matchup. Let's have Dallas and St. Louis play in the first round. So we don't have to watch it? Right, get one of those teams out. Is, is <laughs> Dallas, are they more exciting this year than they were last year? Shouldn't they be? Last year they were just bland and I didn't want to watch them and they kept winning. I mean, this year they've added. I guess they've really only added Pavelski, well, yeah, Corey Perry. Like, no. Yeah. Okay. Then. I mean, look, we, we have They're to look. 27th to, in goals yeah. in the uh-huh. NHL. We have to look to the Atlantic <laughs> for the matchups we want. Whether it's, I mean, I, I, look, everybody knows about Tampa Bay, Toronto, which is where I think it's going to end up being. But Tampa Bay, Florida, would be just as exciting. Florida's really coming on too, by the way. Yeah, they really are. I, I want to see Toronto, Boston again. I know. I know I'm one of the people that rails against having the same matchup in the first round every single year, and I do hate that format. This would be a new creative format. way to get it, though, if Boston wins the division. And- <laughs> I just I think if, if we were doing the playoffs the way you're supposed to, where you had the, the top two seeds be the two division winners, and then you just go three through eight the rest of the conference, the way we're actually supposed to do it, I still think we'd be seeing Boston and Toronto in the playoffs every year. It, to me, it's like, it's like what Chicago and L.A. were a few years ago, where we just kept seeing them, even though they obviously weren't in the same division. So... I want to see that again. Is Tampa Bay going to win this division? You yeah. think Boston's going to win this division, huh? 
I mean, it's a five-point lead. Tampa has one game in hand, but they're going to play each other again. And I still, I'm going to slightly lean towards Boston because they've they've kind of gotten their bad hockey, I feel like, out of the way, and they're. I can't imagine their brutal shootout record is going to continue. I mean, they're zero seven. Like that's that is weird. That's an anomaly. And even with all of that, they well, have five I mean, points. When you, when you miss pucks at the red line, well, that's true. Yeah, if, if you can't, hard to score. if you don't know how shootouts work, that's you're at a real disadvantage. <laughs> I'll take Tampa. I kind of think Tampa's going to win this division. I think Tampa wins. We do get Boston and Toronto in the two three, and Florida is definitely a wild card team. So you still okay? I think you I don't think, think Florida's going to eke out, eke past Toronto. No, I, I think that we've. Still don't know about that blue line. Toronto's fine. Still there's still there's so much. Time. John How Tavares there is sure. Tavares hasn't even really done anything this year. I mean, compared to what he typically does the rest of his career. So yeah, yeah Toronto is. They just have too much talent, and their record with Sheldon Keefe is actually. Somebody tweeted out last night. I think they're on a, a 114 point pace over 82 games with Keefe. So as much as everybody wants to panic and say, "Oh, they're falling apart," they really aren't. Um, and I could see them beating Boston. Although Boston, Boston is just so loaded. Like Boston is the definition of just a playoff hockey team. Aren't yeah, they're they? built for the playoffs. Yeah, they really are. Uh, Washington is that after all we just said about those teams in the Atlantic? Is Washington still the team to beat at this point, or is it more wide open in the than conference? That? I don't think so. I mean, I, I would take Boston or Tampa Bay over them in the seven game series. Yeah. How about the Penguins? Uh, it will, I guess it would be in the second round, which is where they they tend to play Washington pretty well. Um, it'd be a great series. They can compete with. I them. like the hockey they're playing. I do. I wish they would have Gensel for that. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I guess they they would need theoretically Gensel. could. I mean, that's in the middle of the four to six month timeline. At that point, you're that's at like five five months at that point towards the beginning of the four to six. Do you add something at the deadline though, Pittsburgh? Yeah, yeah. If you he's have to. out till the playoffs, you can do the Patrick Kane thing, right? You have to. Um, yeah. Are you offering up Patrick Kane? No. Oh. I, I, I would that like would to be, see the Blackhawks move good. Patrick Kane. but Well, you don't want any of the Penguins prospects. If they get a ton of uh, – that's true. Because the Penguins prospects are all playing. They're all third-rounders, and they all step up well, on their amazing. They need to get a haul if they're going to trade Patrick Kane. I don't I think, think they're going to trade Patrick Kane anyway. Okay, they still think that they're uh, a playoff team and a contender. Um, okay. <laughs> you seem to be skeptical. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, I just you know, they play well for little stretches and then they slip back. I've seen this all season, and I look at that blue line, and I mean, what inspires you on that blue line? Granted, now some of those Penguins blue lines, when I looked at them, they weren't very good. But Chris Letang was a bit younger than Duncan Keith is right yeah. now. They, yeah. There's just nothing to look at there at, at, on that blue line. What is, what is the year Pittsburgh won where and Letang was out? Yeah, Remember, because Jamie and I wrote them off. At yeah, because Lusang was out when they had nobody, and they stole. But it's, they do this. This is what they do. But mm-hmm. no, but when they won the cup, it has yeah. to be one of the worst blue lines to ever win the cup. And yeah. they just those guys just stepped up for two months. And look, they have some guys you kind of like, but not as difference makers. Like I like what John Marino's done this year. But you're talking about the Penguins, yeah? Okay, yeah. There's some people think he should be the Calder winner, but I don't know about that. He's yeah. a, he's in the conversation. He's in the conversation. He's in the top he's five. Not the winner, Kale McCarr. Yeah. Come yeah, on. no, yeah. No. Let's, let's not overcome. Marino's in the top five, but yeah. he's not, he's not, shouldn't be the winner. A lot of good rookie defensemen, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hughes, McCarr, yeah. Marino. Um, and again, yeah. protected, right? Protected minutes, sheltered minutes. I, I mean, I look at some of that, and I, it's, sometimes I think the hype around some of these guys is a little too much. I mean, look at the situations that Quinn Hughes is playing in. Yeah. Oh, sure. So he's been, he's been remarkable. He's been incredibly productive, but. 
That is one of those. It's I don't even want to call it an advanced stat. I guess it is because it's not one of the first like four stats that pops up on your hockey card or whatever. But it's available, yeah. That that is one of those stats that that I do wish would cross over and more and more people would look at. Just you know where you're. St- Zone starts, yeah. Yeah, I mean that it's it's Zone not starts, that complicated. The personnel is on the ice with. Mm-hmm. I mean they, the way they deploy them with, yeah. with certain. Zone lines, starts in right? Wowie. So. No, that's what it's called. Wow. Wait, wait, I without you, you. I mean, that's, that, that, the Wowie stats. But zone starts in particular is not. I think people look. I think your casual fan, and I don't blame them at all for this, looks at, at, at advanced analytics. We've talked about this in the past. Sometimes writers will write down to them and be like, "Hey, look how much I know," or "Here's here's a bunch of different things you can't possibly comprehend." Because why would you? You don't. <laughs> this isn't your job. Zone starts is really easy. That's the one I wish would cross over because you can look and say, "Oh, this guy right. only starts." in the offensive zone and he's still not doing that it much. gives you a better idea of how their their players are used and yeah. i think sometimes and again just having statistics doesn't make it doesn't mean anything you have to give them the context and that's been my big pet peeve with a lot of a lot of the writing that's been done on advanced analytics by not the top writers but kind of like the mid to, to lower tier level writers where they just throw out a bunch of stats and they're like well this this means something and they yeah. don't tell you what it means so right. they don't know what it means give them a guide but if you're trying to say how is a player being used, how are they being deployed? Whether they're playing sheltered minutes, you yeah. can you can fit, especially if you know the team very well and you kind of know how these guys are used anyway, and you use this information to back up what you have, you can find out some really interesting stuff. It was like me writing a science paper in college where I would get like some sort of study and I didn't really fully understand it, but I would put it in the middle of the paper as if I did well, and move forward. Keep in mind, I was. The managing editor for FanRag, when the advanced analytics stuff started to become really in vogue for a lot of people who didn't know what they were reading or yeah. what the information was telling them, but everybody thought they had to use it in right. every article that they wrote, regardless of whether it needed it or regardless of if they could put context around it. And I think that's been part of the problem of uh, it, it's become like this Corsi has been this weird thing where like, that's the if you say that that's you know advanced stats where that is not many people are using Corsi anymore. I know, by the way. yeah, it's a, it's a because very it's because tool, but I mean, that but that's what people were using at the time. I was right. like, well, I'm just going to put their Corsi percentage with no context. And there's a lot of other information. Yeah. There isn't there an easy. Stats. Yeah, yeah. There, there isn't. And there also isn't an easy catch all stat. No. Then that's in. If you try, if you try to reduce a player to one stat, then, then you're probably running into problems yeah. anyway. Like war is a terrible stat for hockey. It's a terrible stat. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it goes against the whole philosophy of having advanced stats anyway. Right. Isn't this we're looking for a bunch of different ways to measure players. Mm-hmm. So you can't just say, oh, he. Has the puck more, or the team has right. the puck more? Give them a bunch of bunch of different stats. And by the way, if you go on different sites, the, those same stats will be different on yeah. those different sites. So yeah, there's different models. There's there's different data going in. So there's there's lots of problems, which is why this player tracking that's going to debut in the postseason is going to be so great because finally we'll have a a real sense of who has the puck. They, yeah, instead <laughs> of much, just saying yeah, yeah, the team shot the puck more. Because to be fair, all like the Corsi and Fenwick and all these sets, they're just proxies to puck possession because they don't have exact puck possession. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, which you should just be able to get at this point. What did uh, Tippett used to call? Korski and Fenski. <laughs> <laughs> Shows what he thought of them. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, But, they, but, they, but to, to back to zone starts, it's, it's not only does it show how the player is being used, it tells you what the coaching staff thinks of that player. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Now, sometimes you get shoved into roles because this is the personnel you have, but often it is, yeah, we're not comfortable starting this guy yeah. in the defensive zone. Yeah, the best players play in both ends of the ice. Uh, their coaches, Dave Tippett's not sheltering Connor McDavid from the right. defensive zone of the right. ice, even though that's not maybe the focus of his game. But you look at like, a, and, and he hasn't played well this year, but Brad Richardson, like 72% of his own starts come in the defensive zone. That's crazy. That's a, just a huge number. Yeah. So 
And that's going to hurt your offensive numbers. I mean, yes, his offensive it is. numbers are yeah, missing. It's absolutely going to hurt your production. And then minutes, too. Like, we, people are like complaining about Michael Grabner. He's still shooting above league average, by the way. He's making some mistakes defensively, too. We've seen him, like we just talked about. But he's starting almost 70% of his zone starts in the defensive zone. And he's not playing as many minutes as he did when he was scoring 27 goals a season. So all those things matter. Craig has his laptop set up to make a noise every time he thinks it, he made a good point. It's the point. time when it tells me to shut up, oh. actually. <laughs> Who put that on your laptop? Myself. Oh, look at that. Um, you mentioned you know, whether a team like Pittsburgh would go out and add a player at the deadline. The deadline is less than four weeks away at this point. And I do think it's fair to ask what sort of players are actually going to be available. I don't see a name bigger than Taylor Hall getting dealt at the deadline. I, I would be shocked if that happened. But when you look at the standings, there's a lot of teams that believe they're still in this, which can really cool the market off. It's not like the deadline's a month and a half away. It's under four weeks away. Are we even going to see any big names move this year? I don't know. I don't know. The teams that know they're out are Detroit, Ottawa, New Jersey, L.A., and Anaheim. Yeah. Right? There's not really any big names on those teams. Sammy Botnan, I think, could be moved. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Tyler Toffoli may be moved. So I don't know if those are huge names, but those are significant players. You could see some of these guys moved. Yeah. Are there other teams that are going to jump in? I know you've we've talked about this before, but like one of the best qualities I think you can have as a GM, and I think we're seeing it here in town with Mike Hayes and the Diamondbacks, is being aware and honest with yourself with what your team is. San Jose is not winning the Cup. Montreal is not as good as... as I don't know who thinks Montreal is good because the fans don't seem to think Montreal is good either, but somebody thinks the Canadians are still a playoff team. They aren't. They should probably be trading off assets. Who, though? Who, who are you moving? A well, guy like Tatar, maybe? Yeah, probably. I mean... You're clearly building around Kovalchuk yeah. for the future now, right? You keep him Max Domi, right? Yeah. He's only an RFA, so he's he's a protected asset. He's a, he's a cost-controlled asset for a while longer, although yeah. maybe not with the way RFAs go, right? He slipped a bit this year, though, so that's that's going to be an interesting negotiation, and he has arbitration rights, too. So be curious what they think of Max Domi. I, I don't know who else you're moving off that roster. Nobody laughed at my Kovalchuk joke, and now I think listeners think I'm actually there. Kovalchuk really is a guy who yeah. definitely should be moved, right? Uh, yeah. I don't. I mean, what would you get for him? Not Teams much. Could have just added this, him because you know he's not coming back either, right? Yeah. Pro- probably not coming back. So a third round pick, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the. I mean, looking at the available UFAs for rentals. I mean, there just aren't many. No. Really thin at the center position. Not surprisingly, too. So, like, if you're looking at the Coyotes, is there a center that they can add? I don't know. Like, here are teams probably that are not. for teams that are completely out. I mean, Tyler Ennis, Joe Thornton. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Neither is Marlowe. Like Wayne Simmons. I heard the great trade proposal. Wayne Simmons. I mean, he's an interesting Wayne Simmons, too. interesting names. Nick Cousins. I mean, hmm. I mean those kind of, I mean, there's not, I mean, Cousins, Kovalchuk, look at other, like, Borowiecki, the defenseman. I mean, there's really not a lot of options here. Thornton to Boston, I heard, floated out there uh, earlier this week. Yeah. Goes back to the Bruins and finally wins the Stanley Cup. And then, there's, again, there's been, the, there's been a couple names out of New York that have been talked about a lot like i would not be shocked to see you know like georgiev looks like he's going to get moved Kreider could get moved Kreider, Kreider's interesting yeah that, chris Kreider is absolutely a, a player to look at I, I think wayne simmons is interesting too i mean if i'm the coyotes i'm looking at those two players if i want to add some toughness up front which i still think they need a little bit of i, I think they need net front is what they need and yeah 
You can get that from those guys. That's, they that's, go to the net. That's the thing. When you say you know you need to be more physical this time of year, people think, oh, you need a fighter. Like, no, you need a guy that's going to go and get in front of the net or a guy that along – if the puck is going along the boards, you need a guy that's going to go get it, even if it means he gets elbowed in the back of the neck or something. He comes out of there with the puck. He doesn't watch it and wait for somebody else to go get it for him. And that's that's what separates the teams at this time of year. It's not who can fight. The other thing about John Chaika, too, when we're talking about the Coyotes specifically, he hasn't been a guy that necessarily waits until the deadline. No. If he sees a move, he might make it. So I'm interested to see what they're going to do. And and again, with with them slipping a little bit, how are you feeling? Like you said earlier, you have to be honest with yourself about your chances. So is it? Is it simply about getting into the playoffs this year for the Coyotes? I kind of think it should be. I think it has to be. Once you made the Taylor Hall trade, it has to be. I think that's the bar you have to clear. Yeah. I, I still think, and, and yeah, I mean, we watched them play last night, watched them play the game against Edmonton, even though it was almost two weeks ago. It was their, their second most recent game. Those have not been encouraging games. But if you tell me that the Coyotes are in the playoffs and you have a healthy Darcy Kemper and you've got Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel, and, and Kessel's proven in the playoffs before, whether he would do it again this year, I still think in the Western Conference – you should be able to have a pretty good shot at beating almost any of those teams in a seven-game series if you get there. Yeah, particularly if you can stay in the Pacific Division bracket. Like yeah, you, you can because I think anybody can come out of that and yeah. go to the conference final. To be fair, any, any of those, uh, any of the super glob. So what, what's oh, the market for like a Wayne Simmons? If if you only had to give up mid-level prospect, well, you had to give up first-round draft pick as well to get Taylor Hall. What what do you have to give New Jersey to get Wayne Simmons? I mean, I think New Jersey is one of those teams that very clearly is just let's sell everything we can. And I don't think you had to give up that much to get Hall. And Simmons is obviously not going to cost nearly as much as Taylor Hall did. No, but the only concern would be if they want a prospect, if they want a player, what are you giving them if you're the Coyotes at this point? Because you've kind of of cleared out that middle class of prospects. You have, and you've got three guys that you know are untouchable. Yeah, which you would never consider. So, I mean, if they're willing to take... and Yannick aren't going anywhere. Yeah, if they're willing to take a two, then you you can make that happen. But if they want an actual prospect that's already been one or two years, seasons... Auntie Ronta. (laughs) New Jersey gets one year of Auntie Ronta. What are they going to do with one year of Ronta? I mean, more open to it now than I was a month ago. <laughs> yes, I would agree with you. Um, I, I don't know about that. I, I'm still, I'm still where I was. If you go into the playoffs with Aiden Hill as your backup, look, you've you've given up a lot to get a lot in the context of draft picks to get Taylor Hall. If you what have it, to give up another mid round pick to help bolster this team against the postseason, then that's what you have to do. It, it, that's an interesting point, though. I think the perception of the Coyotes is, oh, they went all in and they got Hall and Kessel. They didn't really give up anything for these guys. Yeah. They did the mentality. I mean. What they gave up for Phil Kessel, I can tell you, as somebody that watches the Penguins a lot, I've forgotten Alex Galchenyuk was on the He's team. had a terrible season. So as, as down as you are on Kessel, the Coyotes right now are still winning that trade. Um, and what you gave up for Hall, again, are guys that you weren't using and probably weren't going to use. And Taylor Hall's been good. So, I mean, I don't think there's any problem with Look, that trade. You need to re-sign him or make, the, or make a postseason run. Yeah. One of the two. I mean, that's what that's what you paid for. But it's for if you do neither, then it's then it's a problem. But yeah, it is. But I, I still don't think you were going to use those guys. But perceptually, it's it, like it's you went, not the prospects. The problem you can't give up two first round, or a first and a second round that's pick true. in that scenario if you don't at and least not make the playoffs. Yeah, that's fair. Not um, make the playoffs or don't resign him. You know what I mean? Like if both those things come true, then it's like, oh boy, I was a lot to pay for a rental for nothing. See, so, yeah, yeah. I think if they make the playoffs, it will be a lot easier to resign him. I really do think he just wants to be on a playoff sure. team. It, w- it wouldn't hurt. By the way, Max Domi has regressed, like we talked about, yeah, too. that was so expected. Basically the same productivity level as Phil Kessel. So now he's younger, so you like that side of it. But What about Buffalo? 
They're what not going to make the playoffs. Buffalo? Do they realize they're not going to make the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay, well then, is that a team? And I'm not just saying for the Coyotes. I mean, they would the have Sabres to... a team you can go try and get some pieces from. I mean, they don't have a lot of. I mean, they don't have a lot of free agents. Just I mean, because I look at a team like Ottawa, and their only good players are guys they're building around, like Brady Kachuk and Thomas Chabot. Like those guys, they're obviously not going to trade. They're not trading Duclair. It'd be weird if the Coyotes traded. I mean, if they or Duclair. I mean, Sam Reinhart's a restricted. Uh, but I mean, I don't know are you are they would why would they would move on from Sam Reinhardt at no, this point? You're cost controlled, yeah. Um, yeah, there really isn't much. Yeah, there's really nobody nobody that you mm-hmm. want. I mean, they paid Jeff Skinner way too much money, which we all knew at the time. Yeah, because teams make this mistake all the time. A lot. He's making nine it's million un- dollars. It's unbelievable. Something some of these moves that can just be easily disregarded like right away. Uh, but I mean, what else do you what else you got from them? I mean, I, I guess if they, there's always been these rumors in the last year and a half around Rasmus Ristolainen, but. Uh, again, I don't know Rasmus rumors. That should be a segment. Yeah, on the show. Rasmus rumors, like, uh, but I mean, that's really it. Anybody else that really is that intriguing to you? That's kind of my point. Is there's not We're really not trading Jack Eichel. <laughs> so, how, how do you feel about a gently used Jimmy Vesey? Uh, Remember when he was a big deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah that that was Ugh. weird. That was odd. Um, I just I don't know. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot available at the deadline unless teams get creative and trade for a guy that is signed for a couple years, but. You're going to need more teams to drop out of the race. Otherwise, it's just going to be everybody bidding on Sammy Vatanen. And specifically, and Chris Kreider and Kreider's the Wayne biggest Simmons. name, right? I would say Kreider's the biggest name. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm just even looking like looking at Detroit. Like they don't. There's a reason why they're this bad. Yeah, I can't imagine they don't want any pieces. Dylan Larkin because he's your franchise. Center, yeah, you're right? building around That's, Larkin. You're building yeah. around Anthony Mantha. You're you know those are those are got to be your untouchables and right. If, uh, if you don't Detroit, want anybody else on the roster, I mean, let's explore that for a second, though. If Detroit wanted to trade Dylan Larkin, they could ask for a haul back. Yes, they could, and uh, especially because yes. he's at a good price too. Yeah, so I mean, you'd be looking for multiple, multiple picks. Yeah, multiple picks, multiple prospects. prospects. Yeah, I mean, that position, that player. Yep. He gets lost in the shuffle uh, nationally just because Detroit is so terrible, but GMs know how good he is. Mm-hmm. I would think it was almost impossible to pry him off the Red Wings. I can't imagine. He's a 23-year-old with $6.1 million as your friend. I, you just don't find those guys. But don't you go to the Red Wings and say, look, I mean, this is this is the pitch, right? Dylan Larkin is, is this excellent player. Everything we've just said, you're one of the worst teams in NHL history. We'll give you two first-rounders, a second-rounder, and two prospects, You know, and you can pick the prospects. You can try. Maybe. That that's your argument or that's your pitch to them, right? You can try. You can pick the prospects. Yeah. So you would give up if you're the Coyotes, for instance, you'd give up two out of the three, Yannick, Soderstrom, Hayton. Uh I don't know that I would. I would I don't know if heartbeat. I would if I was the Coyotes. Would, would you? In a I, would. I give them all in three in a heartbeat. Barrett Hayton might be part of that trade package because you're sending a center back. With two firsts and a second? Well no, 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 no. If you're saying just they've picked the well, they don't have the two firsts and a second to give. Well, I know, but I was throwing out a hypothetical scenario of two firsts, a second, and two prospects. Uh, if you're telling me the Red Wings are offering Dylan yeah, Larkin no, 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 for two I'm of saying, the Coyotes' prospects, yeah, you take him. Yeah, I'm saying, yes, but like the, if we're talking Coyotes specifically, then it gets interesting because they don't have those picks to give. But if you tell me they have to give up all three of those prospects for him, I do it in a heartbeat. I would give you Yannick and either Soderstrom or Hayden. I give them all three. I don't care. And picks. You're not going to find. They're not going to find a franchise center. Yeah, they're so. They're and it so also gives you the best chance to re-sign Taylor Hall. This team hasn't like, had one. This do we know? We know Dylan Larkin is a franchise center on a good team. I mean, I think he is. But I think he I think we know enough. And at six point one, he doesn't. I mean, I. He would be so happy to leave Detroit. <laughs> he would just yeah. play with a perpetual smile on his face, no matter where he got Taylor traded. Um, Colorado. This is the part of the show where Jamie, uh, I, I give him a chance to apologize. He doesn't, and then Colorado fans get angry. As I wrote in the notes, I believe you have slam poetry you wrote about Kale McCarr. Oh no! 
I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's slam poetry. I don't know. To be honest, I don't know what slam poetry is. Do you think is. I go to a lot of Neither slam poetry? I heard a new one, throat singing, yesterday. I had to look it up because some throat, throat singer is coming to Arizona. Where, how else do you sing? What? <laughs> that almost sounds like a derogatory <laughs> term for a singer. How yeah. else do you sing? But from your throat. I don't, I don't, I don't, okay. I don't know. Someone's going to have to break that down for me. I'm going to look it up as after the show. like a teeth singer or what? Like Mongolian or something. They can make two notes at the same time. So, uh, Well, next next that. week, mm-hmm. Jamie will have uh, throat I'll singing practice. about Nazem Kadri. Um, by the way, that Nazem Kadri trade. Yeah, that's. I did not expect that. Kadri, Kadri's been really good. He's been Burakovsky's amazing. been pretty good. Yeah. I did not expect I, I did not expect those guys to play at the same level they've been playing at. Look, right you were horribly wrong, and I wasn't nearly as wrong as you. I don't but, know if I'm, again, I don't think I'm horribly wrong. No, but on that trade. But I thought oh, Toronto. Trade, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought Toronto. Well, no, because I thought Tyson Berry was a, good, was a good hockey yeah, player. So and that was my mistake. <laughs> apparently. We were both wrong about Tyson wow. Berry, you know, thinking he would be good. You know, I was definitely wrong about that trade. There, there's no going back on that. But, but Kadri has been quietly. Colorado's a fun team to watch. Um, they are. And unfortunately, probably still a team the Coyotes are going to have to deal with in terms of signing Taylor Hall in the offseason. Yeah. <sighs> Um, how much we talked about the Panthers a little bit? How much damage could that team do if they made the playoffs, or are they just kind of a one and done because of the division they're in? If Sergei Bobrovsky can continue, he's been playing a lot better lately. Um, the last two months he's been playing a lot better because he had a real rough start there. I mean, he has he was under like eighty nine percent save percentage. If he gets going, I, they could do some damage. But their best, honestly, their best path is just getting into the wild card and getting into the Metro. But you're still playing Washington in the first round. I think they, I think they have a better chance against Washington than they do against Boston or Tampa. Yeah, it's it's so. The Eastern Conference has some intriguing teams, and yet at the same time, I don't think anybody's beating Washington in the first round. I don't think anybody's beating. I think Florida. Whoever could. wins the Atlantic, but that's what I was going to say. Florida is like I'd much rather go through Washington and Pittsburgh than go through Boston and then either Tampa Bay or Toronto. I'll like, just say this now far. for when it happens. Uh, this Pittsburgh team is one of the more impressive ones I can remember that hasn't won a cup. And no take doubt. the cup winners out. I'm amazed at what they're doing. But I hate a matchup with the Islanders, and I don't know that they'll beat them, to be honest. I, I do I do think they could beat the Capitals because there's just that history, and there's you know players on the Penguins currently that have beat the Capitals. And Malkin always plays out of his mind against Ovechkin and vice versa. And they might have to go with an experienced goaltender in net that hasn't had that playoff experience before because Holtby's been... Bad. Yeah, they may have to go with Samsonov, but um, and Samsonov's been good, good, but you never know how a goal is going to react in the first postseason. Sometimes they go on crazy runs, sometimes they do not. It sounds crazy. I would almost rather Pittsburgh, from a Penguins perspective, was playing Washington than the Islanders. They just cannot beat the Islanders. They just, they just can't. <laughs> I don't know what it is because they were obviously Trotz. able to beat Barry Trotz when he was yeah. the Capitals coach, but they but can't beat the Islanders. Did you see the reaction by the way when when the PHWA, the Professional Hockey Writers Association, announced its midseason awards. There were a lot of reactions when Mike Sullivan won for Jack Adams. People like, what? Mike Sullivan? Why, what does he deserve? Are you kidding me? Have, have you been following yeah. this team with the injuries that they've dealt with? And, and, and again, also, the, you know, the, the sort of the attrition of personnel that they faced over the years, right? I'm yeah. amazed at what Mike Sullivan's doing. I, I think he's a great choice for Jack Adams. Yeah, I think he's my choice right now. I I think he's a clear choice. Tortorella's think, doing a good but job. I don't think they're going to yeah. make the playoffs. But, the playoffs, but Torts is, I, I still think if they get into the playoffs, he deserves all then, the then, yeah, consideration does. with but what they lost. It's one of those two guys, right? I mean, I think people. Craig Berube was third on the list, and I, you know, it's, it's almost like I don't know. I, I don't know that I agree with that at this point. They won the cup. Here, here's so, the yeah. The Penguins. I mean, Travis Green might be in the conversation. Travis Green, Green. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, especially Travis if they Green. win the division, but so. not not with Tortorella and Sullivan. Dave Tibbet belongs in the conversation. He does. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, talk it if they go back and winning the division, but that's how crazy the thing is in the Pacific. If you don't win the division, people freak out about your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you look at the Penguins, okay, Malkin, Malkin scoring. Brian Rust has 21 goals. Jake Gensel is out. Chris Letang is basically third among your active players in scoring. And then it's Jared McCann, Dominic Cahoon, and John Marino. That's how yeah. they're winning. Brandon Tanev. I mean, Crosby's up there, too. but Yeah, but Crosby was hurt for a while, too. Missed, yeah, he missed 30 games. So, like so I mean... He, I, Sullivan's the coach of the year right now. Right now, it yeah, can change. Is. But I still don't like them against the Islanders. Um, I just don't like facing the Islanders. Uh, Nashville. I don't know yet. If they miss the playoffs, are they just... It wasn't that long ago they won the Cup. And it kind of it seems like they went could to be the done cup, for a yeah. while. Or, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. went to the Cup. Um, I, I said this a long time ago that I felt like their window was closed. I think they missed their opportunity. I think they missed their opportunity to win a cup, but if yeah. they missed the playoffs this year, I think it could get really ugly for them for a sure. while. Yeah, and then you might think about selling yeah. some pieces. The key yeah. will be can Pecorine play better? I mean, he's been he's had a bad year. But they, I mean, I like their 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 other option and goals. So, I mean, I, I think they have a succession plan, right? Yeah, but they've both been blah this year. They gave up two really weird goals to Washington yeah. last night. I mean, and somehow still won the game. They're both under nine ninety percent. Like they yeah. both have been. Just nothing special this year. And look, Duchesne's been okay. He's Same been with fine. Ryan Johansson, right? Ryan Johansson's been only okay for a couple of years now. Yeah, um, and he's making eight million a year. So, I mean, look, I, I understand can't the move. Have a when bad they, contract in today's I, NHL. I, you really can't. I understand kills why they made the move when they made it, and I cannot. The logic made some sense, but they lost that Seth Jones deal, and I think they knew on some level they were going to, but. I know that the quest to the to so replace badly, right? the center, the, the, find a number one center, but. Man, I just—I don't know. This 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 forward group just does nothing for that, me. That was sort of overpaying to try and find a number one center. And I, I get it. I I I, could, I understand the logic. Yeah. I understand what they were trying to do. I would say they lost. We just the, had a conversation about overpaying for a center for Arizona. I get it, but that's the risk. If it doesn't work out, I would say they lost the Kyle Turris deal because. He, yeah, he's he, just. Well, I don't know what happened to Kyle Turris. He was good in Ottawa. What is it about players going to Ex- Ottawa Coyotes and being in good Ottawa? there? Yeah. Freedom. Except for Bodker. I guess. We should probably mention Duclair. I mean, Duclair may score 35, 36 know, goals this crazy, year. crazy, isn't it? He was an all-star. Um, and he deserves it. It's he not did. like he yeah, was an absolutely. all-star because they had yeah. to take somebody from Ottawa. I'm, I'm happy for the guy. I mean, like I said, he's one of the nicest guys in the world. You, you want to see him succeed. I do wonder if, if this would be happening on a different team. If you are Nashville and, and you do miss the playoffs, what do you look to maybe move? Because you're probably not moving Johansson or Duchesne at this point, right? They're both making $8 million a year no, for a long that, time. Yeah. Do you have to break up your blue line? Are you saying in the offseason? Yeah, you saying in the offseason. Yeah. Um, you might have to, because what you have, if you miss the playoffs this year, then what you have isn't working. You got Roman Yossi signed for a long time, too. Do you like look at move it, moving someone like Ryan Ellis? He's also signed for a long time, but it's a better better number. He's a he's a very good player. Yeah, I You can know. always get a lot for defense, too. Yeah, I think so. And he's a right shot, too, oh, which is it's, really valuable. I have to say, it's really tough for me to move Ryan Ellis and Matias Ekholm at their numbers. And what yeah, they they have, their you. top three on their blue line is still so good. But, but the other, something's I mean, wrong here. But, but you're not going to move the other guys and get anything. You're going right, to move Dante exactly. Fabro or Jared Tenorti and get pieces back. Yeah, and that's my point. I mean, I don't. I to be honest, I haven't studied Nashville's system to know if they have good defensemen that they can replace one of these guys with. But your your issue really is a, it's a possession issue, right? You're not you're not playing enough in the offensive zone. You're not getting enough productivity up front. I don't know. You might yeah. have to move one of those pieces off the blue line yeah. to, to get something. I mean, you've got. You know David Poyle will do it. You, you've got yeah. $11 million coming off the cap next year, and 
Granlin, Craig Smith, and Rocco Grimaldi. Yeah. I mean, the reality is, is you're, you're $6 million to Kyle Turris is... Yeah, that hurts. Hurting. You're paying a lot of money to Kyle Turris, Matt Duchesne, and Ryan Johansson, and you're really only getting production out of Johansson. Duchesne occasionally, I guess. Man, I just, I'm also leery of dipping into the free agency waters yeah. to solve your problems, especially if it's a... You know, especially this year. I don't know what it piece. is. I mean, Taylor Hall might be available, sure, but... but Taylor Hall's not going to, to Nashville. I don't think he is either, and, and if he is, he's eating up all your money. So... Because yeah. it's free agency where yeah. you have to overpay to get players. And and if they don't make the playoffs, I don't think he's going there. I really think he's going to go somewhere that he feels either just made the playoffs and is going to be there for a while. Again, Colorado. Or, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Can we just say it? Colorado is the team that would worry me the most if yeah, I'm the Coyotes. Maybe Vancouver. Um, Chicago. Where's the parade going to be? I feel like we need to close with this before we for get to listener questions. For, uh, for What's the next Chicago team to win a championship? I would say, I thought you were going to say, what's the next award? I would say it's Stan Bowman Jam of the Year. Um <laughs> As voted on well, by Craig question. Morgan. What's what the, is the next Chicago who's team the closest, to Who's the closest? Because the Cubs don't feel like they want to win anymore. Yeah, for I, things I, I don't I, understand. We were probably the talking Sox. about this off um, air. Like the White they, Sox don't count. They're not going to win a championship. Like I know there's hype around the White Sox. They're not going to win a championship. Okay, well, it's not going to be the Bulls, Bears, or Blackhawks. You were correct. Yeah. <laughs> because so, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Mm. It'll be great to watch Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I really... It'll just be great. It's not as fun with you because you acknowledge that Patrick Mahomes, probably the best quarterback in the NFL, is better than Mitch Trubisky. There are still Bears fans that are like, no, people are too down on Mitch Trubisky. Um, yeah, he's Trubinsky. He's, he's almost a top 20 quarterback. He's bad. In he's a bad. league where there's only 32 quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And you could have had Mahomes. You could have had Patrick Mahomes with that defense. Or Deshaun what Watson. Do you think I don't know. What would have happened with this Bears team if they had him? They would have won a Super Bowl either this year. I think so. Now, 100%. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, when you have a quarterback, have last year, and I know we're talking football now, but when you have a quarterback that goes out and does what he does, what does that do to the psyche of the defense? Like, we have we have no chance. I enjoy Unless this. we score points, we have no chance. Where's yeah, the and by the way, on a points basis, the Bears defense was better this year than last year. Yeah. Well, you got, but you got Trubisky, <laughs> though. Uh, exactly. But it's going to be a while before Chicago team. Um, I like right. the White Sox, too, but they're not winning. Who, who, so who did you pick? I don't uh, like I the White no Sox, clue. but I, I picked the White Sox. I think, because nobody else has a chance. Yes. I think the Bears, still. How? Because you because you may only have one more year. Of gonna... <laughs> All right, Because have... that defense could still be together in a couple years, and you might have a new quarterback at that point. We have listener questions. I hope so. And I think the Cubs we... don't want to try they'll, anymore. They'll, they'll screw it up. We, oh, who are no, they going to have at quarterback? Uh, no, nobody is winning a they're championship draft in Chicago. Some, someone they're drafting, you're talking about? Because we see how well that goes when they draft quarterbacks. It's true. We, we need to end Craig's therapy They've never session. drafted a great quarterback. Never. And get to our listener therapy session, because we have some. Sorry. Uh, Mike. We're off the NFL. Will you each do the Dolly Parton challenge? No. We will not. Although, I, if I hate just, that meme if, so much If already. each of us was one of the pictures, though. And then we just had like Jackie the Duck as one of the pictures. Well, Jackie the Duck is clearly the Tinder picture. Obviously, that's that's um, um, Jamie would be like. Well, no, the Tinder picture should be you walking in the ocean water with a dress shirt on. <laughs> that should be the Tinder picture. All right, Jamie yes. would be um, like Friendster. It wouldn't dress, even yes. be like, Friendster. It wouldn't even be a current one. Oh, I meant to take wait, a, a picture of me in the wait, ocean. What am shirt. I then? I'm afraid you're, you're, LinkedIn. You're, you're LinkedIn. Yeah, you're LinkedIn. Oh, LinkedIn. that's just does, does anyone use LinkedIn anymore? No. I think like business professionals, like white collar people, still think LinkedIn is like all that. This is what LinkedIn is. I get an email notifying me that somebody wants to connect on LinkedIn, right. so I accept it to not be rude, and I never look at LinkedIn right. again. It's the worst interface. First of all, can we talk about that? LinkedIn is just garbage. It feels like it would have been really cool if the internet had just been invented. Right? It's like, hey, look exactly. at this. I get pictures and stuff. Um. <laughs> Well, okay. Here's Dangle Snipe Belly, who always comes in with three questions for the three names. 
What tax filing program do you use? I, I don't have an answer. TurboTax. Okay. No. I go to a CPA because my taxes are stupid. Um, well, yeah. I mean, nine lives. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nine lives is a lot. I got a lot of deductions. Not nine lives. Nine Jamie. lives. <laughs> uh, wait, feels like I'm living nine wait, lives. how many children? Uh, that's undisclosed. Okay. Uh, according to, to the IRS, taxes. 20. Ooh. <laughs> 20 dependents. That's exciting. <laughs> Uh, oh, any thoughts boy. of using Patreon to release bonus material? Well, I have them now after that, uh, that comment right there. And what is the best mini food? Well, what would that be, by the way? So, uh, I mean, look, we're not promising anything. But I am curious, what type of bonus content would you, would you all be interested in? It would have to be like... Craig, like, answers all your questions, like, twice a month. It would have to be, like, emergency it's stuff. true. Yeah. After like, we've already... Sometimes one day before the podcast, too. Yeah, yeah so... But, but let's know, questions. You, you I don't know how. Tweeted us during the week. What, what types of bonus content... Realistic. We're, like, Luke's not taking his shirt off. So, other types of realistic content that we could provide. Should I put Patreon. my shirt back on? Is that yeah, you should saying? put your shirt back on. Hey, um, I don't know. How about branded t-shirts? Well, It'd yeah. be a cool thing to provide to our listeners, wouldn't They're it? They're up on our, how about on drops? our Twitter feed. I got a whole oh, yeah, thing of drops cool. over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be cool. Okay. Uh, yeah, how about like stuffed ducks appearing on every show? Yeah, well, that would also proof be that cool. they actually exist. I yeah. have bad news. They ha- haven't been burned. Oh, whoa, whoa. Oh, I, was there... I, may, oh, oh, oh. I may have lost a duck. Oh, oh no. Whoa, wait, wait. I don't wait. know where he went. Which one? The unnamed one. So oh. I can't even stand out in my yard and yell a yeah. name. All right, I'm calling DPS right now. <laughs> duck is, protection is, services. Yes. This is and what is the best mini food like mini? Oh, for the bonus material, I think it would be we do emergency podcasts after news breaks, right after we record, like it does every single week. So like four <laughs> hours after we do the show, what is the best mini food like mini corn dogs, mini cookies, etc.? I think this is a good question actually because I, I gave this some thought and I ran this past my daughters. Okay, what, what Couple, was the verdict? Well, one of them they came up with, and I hadn't thought about it Don't as say mini, mini food, cupcakes. but it really is what? Don't say mini cupcakes. No, okay. I won't say mini cupcakes, right, but I will say sliders. Which is interesting. Mm, you know That's what? No. A mini burger. No, I don't like sliders. The the, br- the bread to meat ratio is all off. It's the inverse of why mini M and M's are the best because the chocolate to the candy coating ratio. Yeah, there's too there's too much uh, starch to to meat on the sliders. I actually agree with Jamie on this. Too and much mini Reese's don't work for you either. No, 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 no. The the mini candies are good because yeah. what it ends up, they end up providing more of the goodness. Right. See, I like mini, mini Reese's. Mini uh, candies. That's my choice. Mini Reese's. What's yours? Uh, I I would take Reese's and make them bigger if I could. No, but like mini M and M's, for example, you get more candy. I agree. But we had this discussion last week. I like peanut butter M and M's because I like the peanut butter. You guys like more of the chocolate, so that's yeah. the issue. Um, I don't. Mini food is like any mini candy bar, like the fun size Snickers that you have to eat nine of to get. Yeah. No, that's not. yeah. I don't want the Halloween candy stuff, but like. Um, I would, I don't know, like mini Brussels sprouts because I hate them so much. So that's, it would be less. Many of, you're, How you're, about a mini pan pizza? Does that work for you? It just makes me want more pizza food. bagels. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I thought about pizza, pizza bagels. Are gross. <laughs> they really they aren't great. But that's why I think when you say mini pan pizza, um, uh, like you know, Pizza Hut has those. Mm. Yeah, I haven't gone to Pizza. Not Hut that I want to pizza. Pizza Hut pizza. Yeah. You can't. Sometimes. I have standards. No. Sometimes. No. When did you get standards? <laughs> For pizza? Are you no, kidding me? Well, no. I'm, yeah, it's funny. Come at I'm, me with I'm little with, Caesars. By the way, I had the best pizza in the world again over the weekend because I was in California. And was, oh, yeah. The one place that you say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Murdoch, any rumblings about changing any personnel in the Coyotes' top power play unit? This question was sent before last night's game. Um, I don't know what you can do. I mean, yeah, I think I you just, they need yeah. Jacob Chikrin right? right through it. Yeah. You put Jacob Chikrin up top. Which I, I, is something. Yeah, at least he'll get shots through. He'll take shots. Oliver's too tentative sometimes. They want him to get shots through. And I, now, mind you, I like his wrist shot sometimes. I think it's a smart play sometimes. And it ensures that it gets through because he can aim it better. Yeah. But I think he's too tentative sometimes at the top of the power play. Too deferential to 
Phil Kessel and Taylor Hall. Yeah, Jikrin, on the other hand, is not too tentative. He is like a pitching machine mm-hmm. where it's broken and it's just firing Fire. baseballs and every. Like, right. But Jikrin typically puts the puck on net too, yeah. so I would not have a problem with him on the power play. Worth well, giving it a shot. Uh, I mean, what better options do you have right now? Yeah, like Mike. Who else are you putting out yeah. there? Who's yeah. in that bump? That, that bumper role is a problem for me. Yeah. That's it's been a problem. I mean, I bet you I, wa- I want to see Barrett Hayton when he's healthy playing. Like what I do just, you want from that bumper roll? More than what it's giving me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, here's what I want from the power play. I want them to get in the opposing zone. That's a good set up. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's a good start because that doesn't happen. Okay, very so when often. they don't do that, what's the next option? Their well, zone entries are just a tire fire. That's I, I've, I, I'm already lowering my standards. I'm not even saying score on the power up power play i'm saying spend the full two minutes with the other team on their heels and at least wear them down at least at least do that pretend like we're going to score and we saw it last night when a, they would either throw the puck in it would go around the boards and come out the other way or they wouldn't get to it in the corner and this is one game or somebody would carry it in and nobody was with them and so i mean if it's one on four coming into the zone you're not i don't care who you are unless you're Connor mcdavid you're not gonna be able to do anything yeah you gotta have puck retrieval that's that's mm-hmm. a critical thing on the power play and that that includes after a shot too because they get these one shots and then they're they're out yeah i i might try lawson kraus on the power play too i really like lawson kraus's game I really do. Yeah. Not just because he had a couple points last night. No, he's, just... he's been playing well for mm-hmm. more than a month now. He's really he's really solid. Put him, put him in front of the net. Made this comment last yep. night, too, in the postgame show, but I'll repeat it here. They were uh, interviewing him afterwards. He's the nicest guy in the world when you talk to him. Yeah. And they asked him about the power play. He's like, well, I don't want to say anything bad about those guys. But then you look back in the highlights of the game, and at one point he's got like R- Ricard Raquel in a headlock, and he's punching Ryan Getzlaff at the same time. <laughs> it was the highlight of the game for the Coyotes, for sure. <laughs> Um, one more from Murdoch. Do you prefer the beach or mountains for a vacation slash retreat? Uh, I prefer the beach. I'm always going to go beach. Yeah, I'm more of an ocean person, but I, I do like the mountains occasionally. Uh, this is a big one. I'm glad this was asked. Uh, big Tortilla. Should Daniel LaRusso have been disqualified for his illegal kick to the head on Johnny Lawrence at the 1984 All-Valley all Karate whoa, whoa, Championship whoa. Tournament? Big assumption there. Well, it was a legal kick. Do you have replay? Uh, no, I'm just saying it's internet myth. I mean, if you if you read the internet... You're saying it was a friendly legal internet kick, polite internet. It was a le- uh, polite. Sorry. Okay. It was a legal kick. Um, it's a myth. Hmm. You know what we're talking about? I have Jamie? no idea what you guys are talking kid. about. Karate Kid. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, this is Kyle. Has the time come for the Oats to make a trade to shake up the roster? I, they've made I mean, the trade. Yeah, they're. I wouldn't be surprised if they make another one, but but it won't be to shake up the roster. No, I think it's to to add. We talk about a Wayne Simmons type player. Like it's to bolster the team going into the postseason. I don't think it's just I don't think you're making a move to send a message because I don't I don't know if that does much at this point. I mean they're still they're in a playoff spot. I'm not trying to discount what's happened no, in the last the, seven games, but they are in a playoff they spot. They are, but they won't be for long if they keep playing like this. Well no. I mean you're so, not you're not going to fall into the playoffs. You're gonna have to win games again. Uh Rose, which potential Seattle team name do you like best? Kraken, Sockeyes or Sasquatch? I like them all. There really? seems to be there was a report yesterday going around that Kraken false. seems to be the false. favorite, which seems false. They shot it down. Yeah, I feel like that was thrown out there to gauge uh, like interest from fans, and I know a lot of people from Seattle also hated it. The thing I also aggressively hated it is yeah. there's apparently this romantic novel that's been written about a fictional hockey team in Seattle, the Seattle Sockeyes, that's been talked about. That there's some like trademark thing that's going on there, which is very strange. So a lot of weird things came out about the Seattle hockey franchise that I almost don't care about anymore because they're taking so long to do anything. Yeah, with. that's that's the problem. They they've lost all momentum. <laughs> they've lost all momentum. No one cares. Like I don't anymore. care anymore. I found I I'll s- care again at some point, but right now, Sockeyes like, is I think is the best choice. I like I mean, alliteration. Listen, as much as as much fun as Sasquatch and Kraken are, 
they're also a little bit ridiculous. Well, like and, and more importantly, let's, let's have a third grade class vote on what our team name is going to be. That's basically what that feels you, like. You have to, have to, have to, have to have plural names. I, we can't do yes, this. I agree uh, with yeah, that. We can't, we can't do singular names. We can't do the singular names. Yeah, we can't do this. Of oh, those three, this is more hate for Jamie for the Avalanche. Oh. By the way, just want to point yeah. that out. Oh, would you yeah. would you like them more if they were the Avalanches? <laughs> I like them more as the Avs. <laughs> um, this is why you're. If I ha- if I have to spend more than five seconds determining if they're an it or a they, I'm out. Elaine Vigneault should coach the Avs at some point, shouldn't oh, he? Av with the Avs, the Avs. Yeah. Um, I would go sock guys. I found that mock up too. I'll send it to you guys after the show, and you won't look at it. But it was the all the they had like eleven possible names a yeah. while ago, and somebody did a really good job of what the jersey could look like for each of those names. Like it was clearly a, an established graphic designer. It's from a year ago. Pick a name. Do you not it was like a while ago? Do you not like Metropolitans going back to you know their history? I do, but. Is it just a little too? There's already dull? a New York Mets. Yeah, I said like, do you, you do you really want to be associated with the Mets? Like, you, you don't want to be it's associated a question, with actually, being a loser but, already before you even get on the ice. But there are other names out there that are used in for in two cities, right? Yeah, but That's I think in, in 2020, if you're adding a new team, you need to come up with a unique. Call them the Sonics. I, that was the my New York suggestion. Football Giants and the San Francisco the Giants. Giants, the Seattle Hockey Mets. Joe, what more? Hockey nets. We referenced this before. What, what more can Docket or Chica do? It seems like they've exhausted their options. This team has to be more than the Arizona Darcy Kempers. I, I don't know what more Chica or Tocket, specifically Chica. I don't know what more he can do. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of wiggle room here. I mean, he might be able to tweak something, but there's not a lot more he can do. Yes. And, and look, it, John Chica still takes criticism from some corners for not winning the lottery. <laughs> And getting a franchise center, which would change the entire picture of what this team lo- looks like. If Connor McDavid or Jack Eichel's on this roster, this team looks entirely different, right? Are we agreed on that? Of course. And of somehow course. both those teams have managed not to win with them. If Connor McDavid to... was on this roster, they would win the Stanley Cup. They might. Because they might. All, all you're losing, not all, I mean, you're losing score, but you wouldn't have Nick Schmaltz. I, I would make that trade. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> with all due respect to Nick Schmaltz, I make that <laughs> so, trade for the best player in hockey. With what he has had to work with, by the way, also the restrictions he's had to work under, which some of these, you know, some of the fan bases that criticize him, looking at you, Vancouver, you haven't had those sorts of financial restrictions that John Chaik has had. Yeah, you by can the way, afford to light money on fire and sign Louis Erickson. This franchise okay. was a joke financially for so long, and that's what he came into. And yet, here they are in a playoff spot. I don't know what more he could do. Uh, and look, if you look at, I know, you look at this team on paper... There's a lot of talent. Like it's just at some point you just gotta look at the guys that are getting paid millions of dollars to go out and play. And you're like you know what? When is when? When do they need to have more accountability? Like and on that topic, we heard what Rick Tockett said about Clayton Keller last year yeah. that he was getting to the point where you might consider sending that message. At what point do you say, "Hey, you're not producing for me. You're not doing what you're paid to do." And I know his contract doesn't kick in until next year, but. This guy is on the ice to produce points, to produce offense. And if he's not doing that, what's he doing for you? Do you send a message to guys like Keller by sitting them for a game? Okay, so here's my question. And this is not a question I would have asked a year ago. But and I and I'm with you and I I don't I don't want anybody to get special treatment here down the stretch. Like I don't want them to say, Well, we're, Keller is a big part of our team, so we can't sit him. Does sending a message to him help? At this I, don't point? I don't know. I don't have you haven't tried Until it. Until you so do you it, don't you don't know. Yeah. 
Okay. That's a thing. Like, look, I, and if it hurts him, well, you found out something about the character yeah. of the player. Then. Oh, yeah. I don't care about that. I'm trying to make the playoffs. I, yeah, I have a responsibility yeah. to the other 23 guys out that's there. That's what I'm saying. But there's, I mean, there's other guys that haven't produced either. I mean, you look at that fourth line this year that they're just defending way too much. Yeah, but. I have lower. If you miss like, the playoffs by a goal, it's not going to be because Brad Richardson didn't score more. It's going to be because Keller wasn't no, scoring. Not so much that he didn't score as that they're they're giving up. They are. Yeah. They're giving up too much. But Keller's still supposed but, to be one of your top point guys. There's a lot of blame to go around, but yeah. I have higher expectations for what I need from Phil Kessel and from Clayton Keller than yes. from Brad Richardson. Like I do, and and they should as well. He's got Keller's got one point since January fourth. I know there was a break in there too, but one point since January fourth, and I believe it was a secondary assist on that third power play goal, goal when they lost seven to three. Yeah, I don't care if it was a, the most spectacular goal of all time. You're a first line player on this team. Like that, you can't. Ha- that can't happen. You need you need Keller producing when the games matter. So we're gonna. I think we're gonna learn a lot about him in the next thirty games because it's gonna be really tough for this team to make the playoffs if Keller disappears. Yep, and agree. He has, but there's still 30 games for him to come back. Yeah, because um, because teams look at this right now and they say, okay, you you t- you stop the hall line. That's what you've got to do. Even you if you just hold it to line. a goal or two, yeah, you're going to win. Uh, and and Kraus, whatever line you put Kraus on, has been yeah. producing a little bit lately Agreed. too. And that's good. But again, you're, this team's not going to do anything if Lawson, Kraus, and Connor Garland are the best forwards. I'm sorry, this team's not going anywhere if those are your two best forwards. I, I just I don't know how I you're love gonna... what they're contributing, but. They can't and, and be your Kraus, best players. Kraus may have woken Schmaltz up last night, too. I mean, you put yeah. him on Kraus's I mean, line. I know he didn't finish. He should have elevated the puck. But I, I like Derek Stepan's game lately, too. I think yeah. he's given yeah. them something. He, yeah, he's, he's got to elevate that puck. You can say it was a great save by Gibson, but That's he made the, the move. Part. He did Just the hard flip part. It. I feel yeah. like there's, there's an alternate universe out there where Derek Stepan has, has like 15 goals. goals and 40 points <laughs> this year. Like I feel, I just, It's always I, against it, Anaheim, too. Yeah. There's an alternate universe. should have a goal doesn't go in. Yeah, but it just... I don't know. It, it, it's frustrating to watch because there's so much talent on this team now. That I mean, again, they're not like one of the most talented teams in the league, but they have a lot of talent. This is the most talented Coyotes team on paper in years. In that Pacific Division of those five teams, I mean, they're, Vegas has the most talent. Yes. Is it the Coyotes after that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Calgary has some good players. Calgary yeah, Vancouver has some good players at the top, and Edmonton has got good players. I mean, the, there's talent yeah, on all these teams. Edmonton has two, Edmonton has two good players, players at the top. Yeah, yeah. and that's uh, uh, again. Each team has casting. some strengths and plenty of flaws. I want to see what happens when Kemper comes back, and that's not a Me knock too. on Ronta. I don't know if we talked about this on the air or off the air now at this point. Ronta let in at least one bad one last night, but he well, also made three or four great. saves. He did. He made some great saves. He was terrific in that first period, even though he gave up two goals because they just. They left him out to dry on those two goals. But he, he allows a goal from the point that he saw the whole way. He, that can't happen in the NHL. And then the, the bad exchange with OEL on the shorthanded goal, that was, that was the killer, in my opinion, because I thought they were still in the game after Kraus scored. Yeah. They were very much still in the game. They almost, I mean, if they score on one of those power plays, it's tied. And then at a certain point, you figure Anaheim's like, all right, what are we playing for? You know, uh, Eldon, best goal song in the NHL. And then he says Chelsea Dagger, which I don't agree with. Obviously, but I, don't I have think an it's answer. Chelsea Dagger. But yeah, uh, best Coyotes. Electric Worry was good when the Canucks were using that by Clutch. Howlin' for you for best Coyotes goal song is what he has. No, do you have a do you have Not, a better one, Craig, or just a, no? He, he said Chelsea, Chelsea Dagger was no, no choice. best Coyotes goal song. Oh, I haven't really liked their goal mm-hmm. songs. Okay. Yeah, like I, I get. Everybody I, liked Werewolves of London. I, uh, yeah, Everybody was, did. I oh, like okay. the song. I don't like it as a goal song. Because it's about it's, werewolves. It's, well, no, it's, it, it's in too, London. Yeah, and yeah. it's also too low. If it was coyotes in Phoenix, like it doesn't like. Yeah, nobody, nobody hears werewolves of London and like let's turn up. Like 
Right. It's a but good, it's got a howl. Yeah, it's like it's like playing the Eagles after you you score. Like yeah, it doesn't hype you up. Okay, it's a good song. I, I love. I Was like it Toronto, lyrically. The but... Leafs were playing Hall and Oates after a goal after goals last year. Um, <laughs> I like Hall and Oates. Wait, were they really? Which song? It was either it was Hall either after Oates. goals or it was their their victory song in the locker room. That might be what it was. Okay, I that, I, was, that I, I hope it was behind closed doors. Yeah, because wow. Yeah, I mean, all I could think it was the Beavis yeah. and Butthead. But there's his little friend. <laughs> Coach East Jack, on goalie penalties, should the power play team be able to choose who sits in the box? I actually kind of like that. I, I'm full, I think the goalie should. Yeah, I think you should have to put your backup in for two minutes. In the box? No, no oh, in put net. Your goalie Ooh, in the goal. I like this. I think. I know. Like, I'm not like joking. I, football league I legitimately here. think if your goaltender takes a, a, a two minute penalty, he doesn't get to play for two. Yeah, and at least you have to do a thing where it's the first stoppage after two minutes because I don't think you want trying to make a goalie exchange. Oh, no, that's, wild that's, as wild as that would be. XFL. Cool. Yeah. Um, Wait, uh, question. If they score on you, can the starter go back in, or do you yeah. want your okay? Yeah, same way as same, same way. way as a normal power play. Oh, that really the, sucks to be the backup. You oh. come in, you get to play shorthanded cold. cold. Sorry, no warm up. <laughs> no, and by the way, that gets really interesting when your starter gets sick at an hour before game time. Yeah, and you're trying to figure out like who your emergency goalie is, and like, don't. well, don't take a penalty tonight. <laughs> don't play that in the trapezoid, or we're gonna have to throw somebody from the stands. Oh, <laughs> Mike in Smith net. would be out of the league instantly. <laughs> Seriously, taking a penalty though and throwing your backup in—that's fun. That, that, that would be that just, would be fun. Ways to drive wedges between two goalies on a team. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Outstanding. Has Auntie Ronta had they played his... three games in four days and they've had the back of it. Nope, get in. He just took a five he took a five minute fighting penalty. <laughs> get in there. Sorry, a five and ten good. Sorry about those three goals on five shots. Good luck in your contract negotiations. Um <laughs> Has Auntie Ronta had his goaltending ability sucked out of him by one of those aliens from Space Jam? Just hasn't been consistent. Yeah. Like, I, I was about to tweet last night how good he looked in the first period. Then I thought, I've seen this a couple other games, and then something happens. And sure enough, it did. He gave up a, a soft goal in the second period, and then, again, the exchange with OEL. So They should leave him out on the ice during not, intermission. He's not putting it together. He's not putting it together. Yeah, we'll see. I... I now, some of that's the play in front of him, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. He was, <laughs> did not help There him was at a three-on-none last night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and he yeah, stopped and that was crazy. It. Which is not insane, Which is insane. Yeah. Um, McQuinnon, this I, I'm hoping this is a question for Jamie, although it doesn't look like it. I'm back from my hiatus. Do any of you foresee the Coyotes being semi-active at the trade deadline, mostly engaging in hockey deals with the Coyotes make the playoffs? Also, also how wrong was Jamie about the Avalanche? <sighs> Nerd. <laughs> I will continue to remind people that they have, well, the Avalanche have what sixty two points. I, mean, yeah, I think people need to relax. They're but, a solid playoff team. Yeah, in a bad, in a bad conference. Um, uh, it's not a bad division, though. They would make it in the East. You got to yes, they that. would. They would absolutely make the playoffs yes, in the Eastern would. Conference. Would they? Yes, they would. They have the same record as Columbus. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, look, the Western Conference is way worse than I expected. This is but, my like, favorite storyline of the year. Yes. Um, I, all I, I can't even remember. There were like seven questions in there. Uh, I don't think they'll be super active. Although we talked about no, uh, making. You know, you can make the money. You can make small moves. Uh, do, will they make the playoffs? Uh, I don't know. I don't I'll know. give you the Thomas Grice answer to that. <laughs> I, need, I need to see them play better know. for. I mean, we said this on the show a million times, and I'll, I'll say it again. I should put it on a T-shirt at this point if we ever get T-shirts. But this is nothing a five or six game winning streak. Exactly. Can fix. There's still plenty of time. Even a three game, winning thirty streak games. Yeah, it would help. Got to beat would, Chicago though. You play well at home. Yeah. Find like yeah. at least six of eight points on this homestand. Right. They've, they've been playing well at home. They're four zero and one in their last five. But they've got three very difficult teams, and the King is coming to town. Six of eight points. Uh, Coyote and Philly. How do you get a red wine stain out of a light blue shirt? Well, Obviously, light blue bleach. Really? Yeah. No, it doesn't no. exist. But it should. I mean, I think there's a. I think there's the potential for here for a, yeah. If you yeah. could have light blue bleach or 
an edit button on Twitter. Which oh, I take, take the edit button on Twitter. Yeah, we, we know where Craig stands. I don't this. spill wine on my light blue shirts. <laughs> um, Ozzy, Craig, just wear what Jamie's wearing right yeah. now. So Craig wears one of those hats, those like those beer can hats, but there's just like two two, two things of wine there. And They're both very expensive. No, yeah. just too sophisticated to spill wine. Oh, mm. really? Yeah. Because you drink it out of, oh, a, really? <laughs> out of a sippy cup or what? Yeah. He's well, a, a wine carrier. Too, yeah, that, it's impossible for me to spill it. it, it he drinks it right out of the box. Yeah, straight yeah. out of a box, it's harder to spill. Just a big straw and a box of wine. It's a lined box, though. Yeah. Oh, well, that's nice. Uh, uh, and you wear a poncho and while a, you yeah, drink it. Yeah, instead of a bib. <laughs> a poncho and a bib. Uh, Ozzy it's Mesa. a hefty bag, actually, that I cut a hole out of at the top. <laughs> Wrote in, this is getting classier by the okay. minute. And this is how Craig spent his birthday. Yes. Uh, wrote in th- that said uh, three California teams combined are still pretty terrible. So here's your California King Duck Sharks. And he just combined them all into one <laughs> one, uh, one team. I'm not going to read the whole team, but you can. I'll, I'll retweet it from our show account. Okay. Um, it's a decent. It's decent. It's still not a great team. <laughs> is it a playoff team? Uh, it should be with the combined rosters. It probably should be. Well, the goaltending's still a problem. It's fringy. I mean, they got a good defense, but they it's don't too- have any goaltending. Well, they have Gibson. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, they have Gibson. When Gibson's on, nothing behind him. Yeah, that's to be fair though. If they actually give you know Gibson NHL players in front of him, yeah. he's yeah. an elite goalie. The the blue line of Drew Doughty, Eric Carlson, uh, Brent Burns, Cam Fowler, Elias Lindholm. I mean, that's that's a pretty good start yeah. on the blue line. Yeah, they, they should probably win the Pacific with that. Uh, Mac, on a scale from ten to ten, how jealous of Craig are you both? Well, now that I know he drinks wine out of a box with a poncho and a bib. 12. 10. Oh, 12. Good call. Um, <laughs> this is from Cam Paul. Okay. Not a question, but I just realized that I've been confusing Jamie on my Twitter timeline with Jamie Eisenberg, who he tagged. I was wondering why it seemed like Jamie actually had good takes. So this is actually true. Uh, I think he asked me a fantasy football question earlier in the season, and being the nice human being I am, mm-hmm. and just a gracious person, yeah. I answered I didn't correct him. That He was very much looking for Jamie Eisenberg. Jamie Eisenberg is is uh, very good at fantasy football. Yeah. And I'm me. You're decent. <laughs> You're both named Jamie. Uh, Adam. <laughs> Is Tockett's message still getting through? It's been tough to watch the last few weeks. Not advocating he'd be fired, by the way. Was there an athlete you grew up hating but now wished you had appreciated their greatness more? Mm. That second one is interesting because I, I think... I didn't see that question, actually, before, so I would have given He's asking it because thought. of Kobe. Yeah. There, Oof, Kobe. The, the beginning... Talk the, about a loaded one. Yeah. Mm. The, the first question there, is Tockett's message still getting through? I think it is. I, I do think it is. They... Um, like I said, I want to see more than one game out of the break. I'll just I'll leave sure. it at that. Yes, I'm concerned. I'm not panicked yet. Yeah, and also, I mean, would it be would it shock you if the Coyotes come out of the break, lose to Anaheim and L.A., and then beat Chicago and Carolina? I mean, that no, would be that, the most that, that would be their game. mo. Um, athlete, you grew up hating, but now wished you had appreciated their greatness more. Hmm. That's a tough. I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. I can, actually. Can you? Because I had to go to school in New England when the Celtics were great. Oh. Larry Bird, yes. Okay. I was going to say Brady, actually. <laughs> well, that's a good one, actually, for a lot yeah. of people, I'm sure. Yeah. I think for mine, and, and, and I got an appreciation of it's probably David Ortiz. Wow, a Yankees fan saying this about the yeah. Red Sox. Okay. Because, like, I didn't, it, it's weird. It's like, I never really, I don't have this hate for the Patriots. They're, they're annoying sometimes. I, I have hate for their fan base, but the team never really had that, but... Red Sox, yeah. I mean, it was... And again, keep in mind, as I'm growing up, this is right about the... I grew up... So my early childhood is when they're winning all the time, and then they just stop. 
The Yankees you're yeah. talking about? Yeah, okay. So then, then then, the Red Sox started to get good, and then they have the comeback from down 3-0 in the ALCS and all that other stuff. So I think, yeah, so Ortiz and Manny, to me, were just at public enemies number one and two. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Look, we covered all three of the other sports. There we go. Um, Craig Dunaway, love the fire takes, roast Morgan and his milk toast opinions, in quotes, <laughs> which I can't like enough. Actually, I should retweet that from the show account, too. Did you retweet it from your account? Uh, maybe I will. That um, Lisa, please help us understand what has happened to this Coyotes team. Thanks. A lot of guys playing beneath their talent level at the same time. Right. I mean, I, I just... Still time. Still time. Still 30 time. games. 30 games. Yeah, I think... I think the, they're the, still in the playoff spot. It's the, fine. the piece of encouragement is, A, they're still in the playoff spot, and B, they're still very talented. And they could fit... This is not a team that is... Oh, they were overperforming earlier in the year, and they, they, they might have peaked, and they don't have the talent to, to turn it on late in the season. That's not their issue. They haven't They're, had a run yet, so maybe there's a run in them. Yeah. They're not in over their heads. Foreshadowing. But, oh, look at this, Craig, whispering yeah. foreshadowing. Mrs. Rita says so. That's true. true. She said February's going to be good, she right? She did say February's going to be a big month. They do need to get the defense together. That's yes, the they that. do. Yes, it's totally it's odd. That. The hammer comes back, and mm, nothing's changed. I don't know... What this question is in reference to, or if I should ask it. But Kevin writes it. in, why is Jamie Eisner touching people's feet? Oh, because oh. It, holding feet to the fire was yeah. part of the, the original tweet. He does okay. touch feet, though. It's <laughs> disturbing. It's, uh, I can't it's move on right to now. this question quickly enough. <laughs> Cheryl, the Coyotes seemed... First of all, Cheryl, thank you for asking a question I could read right uh, now. You don't want to stay on dark feet? Moment. No. no. Have you seen that Pulp Fiction thing about foot rubs? Never mind. I've only Go seen ahead. Pulp Fiction once. <laughs> Uh, the Coyotes seem to play the level of their competition. They play really good teams tightly and well, but seem to forget how to play defense against teams they should beat. I don't know what my question is, except for what's up with that? What is up with that? That's, uh, that's my answer. Yeah. This is what I'll say. We will get answers in the next two months. One way or the other, yeah. yeah. Wow, there that's, will be that's bold. But uh, we'll have answers. It's better than your answer of what is up with that. <laughs> uh, Alex, how surprised are you guys at Connor Garland this year? Um, I, I wouldn't say I, I've been pretty. I mean, I'm not surprised at this point anymore. But given what my preseason expectations were, I'm pretty surprised. I thought he was a good player, a good bottom six guy. He's been uh, the fact that he's continuing to play with this just high energy at mm-hmm. all times and success with multiple different line mates. And he almost scored last night. He had yeah, best I've play I've been very impressed. Yeah, it was a good pad save yeah. by Gibson. That's, that save and the one on Stepan or the two yeah. that you think about. Wow, we didn't finish those. Yeah, uh, but I, I'm very impressed. And Christian Dvorak missing yeah. a, a feed right in the slot. Yeah. Was that Kessel that gave him the puck? That that's the stuff that I'm saying. I'm I'm hoping. Got to finish. Yeah. Out of a, got to finish. Eleven days off. I'm hoping. Or eleven days off of games, and they practiced in there, which you know, should get rid of some of that rust. But that's the sort of stuff I'm hoping isn't there in two or three days. Last one, Trond. I think it's funny. Craig calls himself cowardly. Wow, he knew that you were the one that sent that tweet out. I'm not even admitting to that. Um, well, big reveal. I didn't send the tweet out, and Jamie can't remember our password. It's, it's the person that runs our account. Okay. Yeah, some intern. You're familiar with yes. that person, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, how much do we know about communication between the league and the Coyotes regarding the scheduling? Couldn't there be a way to make up the intense mileage with some favors from the league to make it a bit more even Steven-ish? Yes. <laughs> Did I just kill the recording levels on that? Here's no. what we know. They're having conversations with the league. They are definitely having conversations with the league about the schedule. Alex Morello is involved in those conversations, so that's good because that is the thing they have been missing all these years, an advocate to go in and say, this doesn't work for us. You need to change a couple things. And they should, 
And if you're not a Coyotes fan, you're listening and saying, okay, big deal, every team has to play the same teams in the Western Mm. Conference. Just remember that stance next week when they play Carolina in Arizona on Thursday night and Boston in Boston on Saturday morning. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. No, all schedules are not created equal. That is a it's a pat response that I hear from a lot of fans who don't do any analysis on the actual schedules. No, you're wrong. The Coyote schedule is worse. Just go ahead and do the analysis and you will come to that conclusion. The Coyotes, and I would say Anaheim, typically. I mean, look, some of it's geography, but some of it yes. is, oh, the, yeah, you're the Coyotes. We're going to focus on getting these other teams their schedule The first. further west you are, particularly the further southwest you are, there's, there's going to be an inherent disadvantage. But there's also things, there are also preventable things. That's the issue. Like, they're going to have to travel more than the New York Rangers are. That's, you can't fix that. Yeah. But what you can fix is some of these weird back-to-backs. Flying or, home from the yeah. eastern or central time zone. Six times with one one day in between that game you played in that time zone and the next game you play at home. Six times. That's yeah. a league high, by yes. the way. The next closest, one team has to do it four times. A bunch of teams do it three times. So the Coyotes do it twice as much. Those are points. Those are valuable points that you lose on the schedule. The way they were playing earlier this season, and that Montreal game stands out. Montreal's oh. not that good. And they got blown out. Or they got beat handily by Montreal 3-0. definitely nothing. a schedule game. That one stands out more than any of them. And if the Coyotes had two more points right now in the standings, two more, how much better would everybody feel about them? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's definitely a, a factor. And um, they should be, be able to advocate to get that a little bit better off for them. But all that's water under the bridge right now in terms of what we see from the Coyotes from this point forward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I would say this, too. Um, we sit there and try and come up with a, a reason for why they're suddenly not winning on the road or why they suddenly are winning at home. Rick Tockett has said on a number of occasions, and uh, the players have said this as well, um, a lot of times they felt like they were coming home for a game or two. And in that scenario Craig's just pointing out, where you fly across country, you're basically flying across country that day between games. Yeah, it's another road game. Yeah. But it's just on the other side of the country. That's what it is. But they've had actual home stands lately and that's why they've been winning and they are starting a home stand tonight they'll be here for four games and games get harder to win on the road later in the season yeah mm-hmm. they do that's the other thing for sure all right that's uh that's it anything any other brilliant comments jamie okay. i mean i'm full of them all right uh, i'm also for, full of it for jamie eisner greg morgan i'm luke lipinski thanks for listening to the natural hat trick podcast